Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina astafa amma ba'd. Fa'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala an-nabiy. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima recite the sharif. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka Hamidum Majid. Allahumma barik ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka Hamidum Majid. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once visited a Bedouin. In Arabic we say Arabi, a villager. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once visited a Bedouin in the village, an Arabi. And the Bedouin, he offered a very good level of hospitality, respect, honor, ikram, izza to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam finished and he enjoyed the company of the Bedouin, he said to the Bedouin, Ya Arabi, i'tina. O villager, O Bedouin, when you come to Medina Munawwara, drop by, come down to my house. You know, I've come to your house, you looked after me. When you come to Medina Munawwara, i'tina, come stay by my house. I will also give you some hospitality and reciprocate the favor that you've given to me. Some time passed by. And this Arabi, this Bedouin, he came to Medina Munawwara and he dropped by at the place of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as is the sunnah, somebody, hal jaza'ul ihsani illa al-ihsan. So he did ihsan to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also offered him hospitality as well. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked him a question. After feeding him, looking after his needs, he asked him a question. He said, Sal hajataka ya Arabi. Sal hajataka ya Arabi. O Bedouin, ask whatever you want. Ask whatever you need. Now imagine being asked, who is asking? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is asking whatever you need. Sal hajataka. Imagine he asked you, what would you say? Think of who is asking. Sal hajataka ya Arabi. Ask whatever you need. So the Arabi, being an Arabi, he was a villager, he was a Bedouin. You know what he said? He said, Naqatun narkabuha wa a'nuzun tahlibuha ahli. O Prophet of Allah, you asked, what do I want? This is what I want. I want a camel to ride. And I want some sheep, some goats. My family will benefit from the milk. Now he was an Arabi. He was a villager and he, his answer was similar. Now when, he, when the Prophet wasallam heard this reply, remember who is asking? Rasulullah wasallam is asking. And this is what he's asked for. The Prophet wasallam turned to the Sahaba and to this person and said, A'ajaztum antakunu Mithla ajuz bani Israel. Ajaztum antakunu mithla ajuz bani Israel. 
could you not even be like the old woman of Banu Israel? The Prophet ﷺ said, in your asking, in your aspiration, in your ambition, could you not even be like the old woman of Bani Israel? Now Sahaba looking at each other, وَمَا عَجُوزُ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Who is this old woman of Bani Israel? We don't know this story, tell us. This hadith is in Mustadrak Hakim, it's Sahih, authenticated by the ulama of hadith. So, وَمَا عَجُوزُ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Who is this old woman of Bani Israel? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then went on to explain the story. And he said, when Prophet Musa alayhi salam, so we've gone back in history. When Prophet Musa alayhi salam decided to migrate from Egypt and they're traveling towards Baytul Maqdis. So when they started to leave Misr and Egypt and they traveled towards Baytul Maqdis, they became lost on the way. Adallu tariq they became lost. And Musa alayhi salam, when they became lost, Musa alayhi salam said like, what's this? What's going on? Like sometimes when, when, you, when you do something, you know you've done everything right. You've put everything in the right place. You're pressing the right buttons. You've dialed the right code. Why is it not working? Musa alayhi salam like, what, what's going on? Shuhada, what's, what's, what's wrong? Why? Why is it not working? So the ulama of Bani Israel, the rabbis, they said to Musa alayhi salam, the hadith says, that our ancestors, when Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam, so we're going even further back now. Our ancestors made a promise to Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam, when, Musa, when Yusuf alayhi salam was on his deathbed, he took an oath and a promise from our ancestors. And he said to them, if you people ever leave Egypt, make sure you take me with you. Even if I'm dead, take my body, take my dead body with you. But you must take, and our ancestors made a promise to Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam that we will take his body with us if we were to leave Egypt. And it seems that today we are leaving Egypt because we didn't fulfill his promise, we can't find the way. We seem that we are lost and it seems that we're not getting anywhere. So Musa alayhi salam said, well, who knows where Yusuf alayhi salam is buried? Who knows? How are we going to find you such a long time ago? How are we going to find out where is the grave of Yusuf alayhi salam? So the ulama of Bani Israel, the rabbis, they say, there is an ajuz, an old woman of Bani Israel. She knows the location of the grave of Yusuf alayhi salam. So Musa alayhi salam says, go and call her, bring her here. So the old woman of Bani Israel is brought in the presence of Musa alayhi salam. And Musa alayhi salam says to this old woman, O oh Ajuz, O oh old woman, show me where is the grave of Yusuf alayhi salam. Now listen to her answer. She says, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you until you do not fulfill my wish. I have a wish. If you fulfill my wish, this is a, she placed a condition. Imagine, imagine you go out on the street and you know, you, you could be traveling. You ask somebody, uh, could you tell me which direction is it to New Street Station? And somebody goes, well, 
if you do what I tell you to do, or you fulfill my wish, then I'll give you the directions. So this old woman, she took advantage of this opportunity. She said, Musa salam, you want to know where the grave of Yusuf salam is? Fine. Fulfill my wish and I tell you. You don't fulfill my wish, I'm not telling you anything. So he said, okay, go ahead. What is your wish? She said that I want your companionship in Jannah. Oh, Musa alayhi salam, I want your companionship in Jannah. She didn't say, I want to go to Jannah. No. She said, I want to be with you, O Musa alayhi salam, next to you in Jannah. The hadith says Musa salam didn't like it. She's a stranger. He doesn't know who she is. And number two, Jannah isn't cheap. Musa salam doesn't own Jannah. It's not his commodity. It belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Musa salam can't just say, yeah, yeah, you can go to Jannah and you can't go to Jannah. So the hadith says that Musa salam disliked it. And then... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to Musa alayhi salam, grant her her wish. Grant her her wish that yes, you will be my companion in Jannah, O Ajus and old woman of Bani Israel. Once her wish was granted, she said, All right, now I will take you to the location of the grave of Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam. And she took them and they came to a pond. And she said, take out all the water from this pond. They emptied the water of the pond. Then she said, dig over here in this place. They began to dig. And subhanallah, what happens? They find the body of Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam. We have a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it haram to decompose the the on, on the earth to decompose the bodies of the anbiya alayhim so therefore the prophets of allah we have this is the belief of ahlu sunnati wal jama'a al anbiya the prophet of allah all anbiya alayhim because nubuwa is greater than shahada allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says regarding the shuhada, they are alive. Nubuwa is greater than shahada. So Allah has made it haram upon the earth to eat away at the body of Anbiya. They found the body of Yusuf intact. He was buried. And then the hadith says, when they carried the body of Yusuf immediately, immediately the way opened up. As bright as the daylight you know how the daylight is the path which was lost they couldn't find the way as soon as they took the body the path opened up as bright as daylight and they carried on on their way I know you enjoyed the story but the story ends here the purpose isn't for us to carry on with the stories the purpose is now to take a mawridha, a lesson a moral from the story what is the most important lesson you and I can take from this story and from this hadith. But again, I repeat this, the reference of the hadith. Some of you might have not heard this hadith before. It's from Mustadrak of Imam al-Hakim and the scholars of hadith have said it is a sahih hadith. What is the greatest lesson we can take from this hadith, from this story? 
And the Prophet ﷺ related this whole incident and how we can apply it now to ourselves, especially where we are now in the second 10 days of Ramadan. What is the greatest lesson? The greatest lesson that we can take from here is something we call Uluwul Himma, aiming high, being ambitious, being positive, not being pessimistic, having ambition. The Prophet wasallam, when the Arabi and the villager, he said, that, oh, Prophet, who was asking? The messenger of Allah is asking, you could have asked for anything. You could have asked for whatever you wanted. And we learned this from the hadith. The Prophet wasallam, said, you know, some people say, even if I can crawl into Jannah, I'll be happy. No, don't, don't keep your benchmark so low. Don't settle for mediocre. Muslims are not those that settle for low standards in anything, in deen or in dunya. Both. In deen and in dunya. Prophet Dawood alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, Ani'mal sabighatin. Oh Dawood, I don't want you to rely on the Baytul Mal. I don't want you to rely on the public treasury, on benefits. No, I want you to work. He was a prophet. He was a king. Allah told him, I want you to work. Have your own business and create armor and don't do a cowboy job. Allah is saying, be a professional. Be a professional. And we have examples. MashaAllah, we have our Qari. I shouldn't say on the face, but Alhamdulillah. He is a perfect Qari and a perfect doctor, a GP as well, practicing. So Alhamdulillah, you can have the best of both worlds. And that is what Allah wants. Deen and dunya go hand in hand. Ramadan doesn't mean that we shove the dunya to a side. Ramadan means that we get ulul himma. This is the lesson that we take. That why when, prophet, when the Prophet of Allah is asking and you just ask for a camel and some goats, I mean, anybody could have given you that. You could have gone to a rich person and begged on his door, he would have given you that. But when the Prophet of Allah is asking, you've got the whole universe and the akhirah at your exposure, you could have taken anything. You could have asked for shafa'ah, you could have asked for anything and he would have granted it to you. Nevertheless, the Prophet wasallam has said, when you ask Allah for Jannah, don't say, oh Allah, give me Jannah. Ask for al-firdaus al-a'la. Ask for firdaus. Whenever you make dua for Jannah, the hadith says, ask for Al-Firdaus. Because Al-Firdaus is the highest of Jannah. Above it is the Arsh al-Rahman. The rivers of Jannah flow from there. From this we learn Ulul Himma. To have high aims, aim high, high aspirations, challenge yourself. Don't just settle and think this is it, this is enough. What I'm doing is enough, that's enough for me. Push yourself, challenge yourself. And that is what the month of Ramadan is all about. And many examples, there was a young Sahabi, only the age of 11 or 12, the Muhaddithin say, Rabi'ah, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. And he would sit at the doorstep of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Why would he sit there? Just in case in the middle of the night, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam might awaken from his sleep. He might need something. He might need some water. Rabi'ah thought to himself, I will be there. Whenever he wakes up, I'll be there. Whatever you need, O Rasulullah, I'll give to you. One night, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam awakens. He finds Rabi'ah, 11, 12 year old on his door. What are you doing, Rabi'ah? At this hour of the night, he said, Ya Rasulullah, in case you need anything, do you need any water for wudu or anything? I am here for you, for your khidmah, for your service. The Prophet ﷺ became so happy. He said, Sal Ya Rabi'ah. 
O Rabia, ask me whatever you want. I'll give it to you. Young kid, 11, 12 year old said, Ya Rasulullah, give me till tomorrow. Give me till tomorrow, I'll come back to you. The following day he comes back. And what did he say? As'aluka murafaqataka fil jannah. O Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What did he ask for? O Messenger of Allah, I want your companionship in Jannah. I'm with you now in the world. I want to be with you. He didn't ask for a PlayStation. Our kids today would have asked for an iPhone or something like that. Okay, they knew, they knew what we should ask for. They challenged themselves. They didn't settle for something small or something basic. Or I'll just do a side job and it'll keep me going. No, it was perfection in everything, whether deen, whether it be dunya. He said, I want your companionship in paradise. And the Prophet said, is that it? Anything else? Are you sure that's all you want? He said, yes, I'm sure that's all I want. And the Prophet said, fine, if you want that, whenever I stand up to pray, stand up to pray with me. And through your salah and with me, you will get what you want him. Now, the Prophet وسلم, in the hadith of Sahih Muslim, Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk wa la ta'ajiz. In the hadith of Muslim, the Prophet وسلم, has said, Strive to achieve that which will benefit you and do not act helpless. Don't give up. Don't think I can't do it. Don't think this is beyond me. Don't think, oh, this is not for me, this is for everybody else. Either of the, because they both go hand in hand. Because when I was telling you about Dawood alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, go and earn a living, go and earn a living, build, create this armor for people to wear in war, and make sure you do it professionally, precisely, and then Allah says, then Allah says, wa'amalu saliha. Wa'amalu saliha. If your deen is correct, then you will get the tawfiq to do al-amalu salih. This is Quran. Quran. And many a times we think, oh, you know, it's not important. I don't need to study maths and physics and biology and, you know, it's not important. A lot of our youth, they think, you know, what's that going to do? I'm going to become a hafiz of the Quran. Of course, become a hafiz of the Quran. But Muslims don't settle for mediocre in anything. If you become a doctor, be the best doctor. You're an accountant, become the best accountant. You're a father, be the best father. You're hafiz of the Quran, become the best hafiz of the Quran. You're an engineer, you're a businessman, you're an IT technician. Aim to be the best because this is what Allah wants. In Allah, yuhibbu al-ma'ali al-umur wa ashrafaha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves everything that reaches perfection. Wa yakrahu safsafaha. And Allah hates it when it's all sloppy. It's all over the place. There's no, there's no perfection in it. There's no completeness in it. Allah doesn't like that. Allah loves when a person works, you strive hard, regardless which field you are in. Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu, at the time of the Jaishul Usra, at the, the battle which was a time of great difficulty. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, who's going to support this army that's going to go out in this difficult time? He stood up, 100 camels, all laden with goods, with the saddle, with the reins and everything. That's like giving 100 like Ferraris in this time. Oh, 100 Mercedes if you want to bring it down a standard. 100. Uthman ibn Affan was the billionaire of the time. He was a millionaire or a billionaire. And again, that, there was nothing wrong with that because then he was able to support the deen of Allah. 
He had time then to spend with his family in the masjid to support the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They go hand in hand. And then he said, well, who else is going to give? And he stood up once again. And he said, 100 camels all laden with goods, with the reins, with the saddles and everything for the sake of Allah. Who's going to give more? He stood up again. Some hadith mentioned he stood up seven times. Some hadith mentioned he stood up 10 times. Imagine how rich he was. And he spent his riches in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You and I, we're just looking for where can I get a grant from? Where can I get a benefit from? Where's, where can I get a sponsorship from? And this is all that's going around in our minds. So deen and dunya, how can we reach perfection in all of these? And to do this, we need to have knowledge of the goal. What is my goal? If my goal is Jannah, we need to know what is Jannah. No eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no mind can comprehend. And we need to read the stories of those people who had aspiration, who had high ambitions. Study the life of Rasulullah Study the life of Tabi'een, of Sahaba. Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahmatullah you know, on his deathbed, Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahmatullah on his deathbed, he said, I was a very ambitious person. I was a very ambitious person. I wanted to get married to the daughter of the king. And I did it. Because I wanted it. I went and I did it. I got married to the daughter of the king. He says, then I wanted to become the Amir and the governor. He says, I got it. Then I wanted to become the Khalifa of the Muslims. Uh, is it something easy to have that? He goes, I strove and I got it. And now he goes, I'm on my deathbed. I'm wishing Allah is going to give me Jannah. And inshallah, I will get it. This is ambition. This is uluwul himma. This is having high hopes and being positive. Again, surround yourself with positive people. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us many du'as. One is to ask Allah. Remember to ask Allah. We say du'a is the weapon of a believer. Ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to give you barakah in your time, barakah in your courage, barakah in your understanding, barakah in your aspirations. Sometimes we don't even have any aspirations. We don't have any ambition. We need to be ambitious people. Ask Allah subhanahu wa taala. And the main thing which prevents us from this is one is being ages and being helpless and thinking I can't do it. It's not for me and the, the greatest thing that's stopping you from achieving your goals is yourself. Because we've got all these preconceived ideas. The worst place to be trapped is inside your own head. The worst place to be trapped is inside your own head. If you've shackled yourself and told you, you keep telling yourself, you know, you're now, you, 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 you get this desire, read the Quran. And then you, you start telling you, I can't, you can't read the Quran. You know, it's going to take you this long and one page is this long. And you keep telling yourself all of these things and there's not enough time. And what about this that you need to do and that you need to do? Put all that aside and go for it. Go for it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us a dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. Dua to overcome helplessness and laziness. He has actually taught us a dua to overcome helplessness and laziness. Allahumma, repeat after me, Allahumma, inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. It's in Sahih al-Bukhari. Allahumma, inni a'udhu bika. That much you already know because that comes in many du'as. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika. You're just learning these two words now. Min al-ajzi wal-kasal. 
Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. It's been added to the description of the video today, so you can take reference from there. Oh Allah, I seek your protection from helplessness and laziness. Some, what, helplessness is when you, you think you can't do something. Laziness is you've got all the means to do it, but you just can't be asked. You just can't be bothered. And this is what's keeping us behind. And I end by mentioning that let's apply it now to Ramadan. This is the purpose now. How can we apply it to Ramadan? Ten days have gone. We've started the second ten days. The second ten days must be better than the first. Let's not be of those people that start off really well and then we start going downhill. Now I challenge you to challenge yourself. Up until now, those of us who weren't performing Salatul Fajr in the masjid in Ramadan, challenge yourself. I'm gonna, from today onwards, these next 10 days, my Fajr will also be in the masjid as well. Those of us who are reading one juz of the Quran up until now, mashallah, I know there'll be many of you. Challenge yourself. I'm going to double it to two now. You might be thinking, how? Why? No, just tell you, you're going to do it. Push yourself. Because Ramadan is a few days. Ayyaman ma'adudat. If you're doing one juz, go to two juz now. If you weren't doing any at all, think you're going to start half a juz. Don't think how and why and when. Have the ambition. Uluwul himma, aim high and Allah will give it to you. And ask Allah to take away helplessness and laziness. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. Those brothers who are not doing any taraweeh at all. So we're doing our fara'id. I know there'll be some who've not done any taraweeh this year or have been lazy in regards to their taraweeh. Make an intention now. From today onwards, I am going to be in the masjid for the taraweeh. And I'm going to do my taraweeh. Those who've been leaving after eight rakat, that's fine. You want to go and leave after eight rakat. But nobody has said, nobody has said that you're not allowed to play more than eight. Nobody has said, no scholar will tell you that you're not allowed to read more than eight. It's the month of Ramadan. The more you do, the better. So now tell yourself, yes, whoever wants to go can go. I'm going to finish my 20 because I want more reward. I'm going to challenge myself because I want the second 10 days to be better than the first 10 days. If at the time of suhoor and iftar, my dua was lasting for five minutes, I'm going to increase it to 10 minutes, to 15 minutes. Look at the people, look at the lives of those who did good. Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu would complete the recitation of the whole Quran in one rakah of witr. One rakah. We're not saying to get there, but read those kind of stories. Surround yourself with positive and ambitious people. Don't hang around with people that are negative. You'll become negative as well. You'll become a pessimist as well. And you'll become helpless. And the Prophet ﷺ has told us to seek protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from these things. If you were giving in charity up until today, if it was a five pound, 10 pound daily practice you were doing, increase it now. Challenge yourself. You can do 15 pounds as well. See if you can save here and there and make it 20 pounds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Once again, I repeat the dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. Oh Allah, I seek your protection from helplessness and laziness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make these 10 days, second 10 days, better than our first 10 days. Wa akhiru da'wana. Anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.